0: Hey there, and welcome to the Sermon Podcast for Timberlake Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our mission is to reach, feed, and release people to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You can learn more at our website, timberlakeumc.org. We hope you enjoy today's message. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is my delight to report to you That Christmas is here. Yeah. (laughs) Finally, right? Days and weeks and centuries of waiting by the people of God. Finally, the light of Christ is breaking into the darkness of this world. The warmth of the love of Christ is breaking into the cold, cold days of our lives. Friends, this is Christmas. We have been waiting, and God has been working. Which means Christmas is the ultimate proof of God's persistence, of God's tenacity, of God's resolve, of God's diligence, of God's faithfulness, of God's stubbornness, of God's determination. God is determined, friends, to make things right in this world. Christmas is the evidence that no matter what else is happening out there, no matter what else is happening in your heart, no matter what you have done or failed to do, when it comes to the salvation of His people, God's going to do it anyway. God's going to do it anyway. God is moving in and throughout human history to bring all the pieces of the puzzle together, to make all the right moves at all the right times, to bring the Messiah into the world. Ready or not, believe it or not, the Lord says, here I come, here I come. Have you noticed how stressful Christmas is? (laughs) You see, when the kids are stressed, you know it's stressful. And I don't know if it's theirs or if they're catching it from us, but stress is contagious. Have you noticed that, friends? The decorating and the lights and the baking and the shopping and the wrapping, it feels endless, doesn't it? It just goes on and on. And we tell ourselves, oh, this is fun. (laughs) And sometimes it is, right? But sometimes, let's be honest, it's stressful. It's stressful. And I want to suggest to you that too much of that is not healthy for your soul because it suggests that we think Christmas depends on us. And I'm here to let you off the hook tonight. Christmas does not depend on you. You are free, little bird. Fly away. Fly. Fly into the future that God has for you. You see, because Jesus is born in Bethlehem, and God doesn't need our help. God doesn't need our help. God is going to do it anyway. This is the good news of Christmas, and this is the testimony to which this book testifies. Friends, this is a holy Bible And I want you to think with me about how we often read the Bible is usually a verse or maybe a chapter at a time, like one story at a time. And that's good and right most of the time because every verse and every story is rich with depth and with meaning, right? And our minds are small, but God's mystery is big. And so we don't want to take too big of a bite all at once because we could never digest all of it at once. But don't miss the fact that this is... Yes, one book, but it's not just one book. It's 66 books all put together. So the Bible is actually more like a library than it is any one single book. It's 66 books all together, which each tell a story. And the one big story that these 66 books collectively tell is the story of God's love. It's the story of God's salvation, the narrative arc of Scripture The theme that runs throughout this book is the story of God saving His people, of God saving His people, which is wild because God's people are ornery and difficult and selfish. God's people are materialistic and impatient. God's people gossip and they covet their neighbors' Christmas gifts. And they withhold forgiveness. But you know what Christmas says to us in the midst of all that? God's going to do it anyway. God's going to do it anyway. For the past month at Timberlake, we've been talking about the characters Of Christmas. We've been thinking about the men and the women and the children who play their part in the pageantry of the Christmas story. And the thing that we keep coming back to over and over again with every man and every woman and every child is that every character in the story is flawed in some way, right? Every character has their faults and their doubts. Every character does some good but also some bad which means the good news is that God really doesn't need our help to bring salvation into the world. Because in spite of all the flaws of all these characters of Christmas, Christmas happens anyway, right? Jesus is born anyway. And so the story of our salvation begins way back at the beginning in the first chapter of Genesis when God made a world And the world God made was beautiful and awe-inspiring. And at the center of the world that God made was the most beautiful place of all. It was a garden. And God took His most precious, special creation of all, a man and a woman, and He made them and He put them in the garden. And the reason the man and the woman were so special is because they were actually made in the image of God. They were made with God's likeness. They were different than all the other creatures And the whole point of their existence was relationship with each other as human beings, with the creation itself, and especially with their creator. But these human beings, being ornery and difficult, as we said, they decided one day, you know, they're going to do their own thing. You know, thank you very much, God, you know, for the beginning, but we'll take it from here. And they went their own way. And wouldn't you know, it broke God's heart and we could totally understand, right, if God said, well, fine, forget it. You, you do your own thing then, and I'll do my own thing. It just isn't worth my heartache to be your God and creator. But you see, God didn't give up on these human beings. In fact, God loved them all the more because they needed it all the more. And the story says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Can you imagine hiding from God and trying to just all just blend in with the trees? You know, the Lord of all creation will never find me here. Well, friends, um, it turns out that Adam and Eve didn't realize that all this goodness and love of God, he still wanted to pour out into their lives in spite of their sin. God is going to do it anyway. God's going to do it anyway. Okay, so that was a long time ago, right? So now fast forward a long time, and God decides he's going to take these human beings he's made, and he's going to turn them into a community, into a nation. And so God picks another man and another woman named Abraham and Sarah, two imperfect people through whom God is going to make a nation called Israel. And God came to them, and they were up there in years And so when God told Abraham and Sarah that they're going to have a baby, and not only one baby, they're going to have millions of babies, millions of descendants, as numerous as the stars of the sky, they were an older couple. And so when God told them that, you know what Sarah did? She laughed. (laughs) Yeah, right. Are you kidding me? Look, I'm an old lady and my husband, he's an old man. There's a window for childbearing. We're past the window. But God said to Abraham and Sarah, I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And what we see with Abraham and Sarah is the same thing that we see with Adam and Eve. It's not about them at all. It's about what God can do through them. It's about God using them to make a nation. It's about God blessing them so that they can bless others. It's about God making their name great so that God's name would be great in all the world. And neither their Old age, nor their doubt, nor anything else in all creation will stop it from happening because God's going to do it anyway. God's going to do it anyway. Fast forward again a long time. There's this teenage girl minding her own business. Actually, she's planning a wedding. You know how long it takes to plan weddings. She's planning a wedding, and she's consumed by with her, her mom and her friends and one day, just minding her own business, this angel comes to her and says, Greetings! Mary, you've found favor with God, and you are going to have a baby. And Mary wonders out loud, How can this be? I, I've never even been with a man before. How is this possible? And the angel said, Mary, you are blessed and highly favored You are the object of the grace of God. You are the recipient of the mercy of God. Right now, God is opening up the storehouses of heaven to pour out all the blessings of heaven into your life, Mary, and into your body, into your womb. God loves you so much, Mary, and God wants to use you. And it turns out God can use imperfect people for His perfect purposes like Mary, like Joseph, Mary's fiance. Can you imagine the conversation? We don't have it recorded in Scripture, but we can imagine. Mary goes to Joseph, sweetie, got some big news. And he's like, what? You got a new job? She's like, no, it's way bigger than that. I want to have a baby. And Joseph's like, what are you talking about? That's not my baby. I guarantee it. And the story says Joseph was going to dismiss her quietly, right? He was going to just divorce her quietly, not bring her any shame. He's a stand-up guy. He doesn't want to throw her under the bus. But neither is he going to ruin his life over this until an angel shows up to Joseph also and says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. This is what God is doing. And Mary said, no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. God is faithful to his promises. Do you realize this, friends? Even when you are unfaithful to yours, God is faithful to his. Especially when you are unfaithful, God is faithful. Adam and Eve disobeyed. Abraham and Sarah didn't believe. Mary had reservations. Joseph wasn't sure. But none of that kept God from doing what God wanted to do. God's going to do it anyway. God's going to do it anyway. A couple of years ago, a friend of mine from college, he got married to a delightful woman with two teenage daughters. So she she had been married before and had these daughters, but he had never been married and he had never had children. So he went from 0 to 60 like real fast, right? He uh, he got married and had two children all of a sudden, all in one day, and I was there. It was a blessed occasion. Uh, But what I've learned about my friend is that uh, he made a decision right up front as he began to court this woman that he was going to do everything in his power to support and bless her two daughters. Even though they weren't his by birth, biologically, he made a choice. He's going to encourage and bless them, and he acknowledged and understood that if you're a teenager and your parents are getting divorced, that's hard, right? That's difficult. And he understood. He was kind of the odd man out, and he was coming in to a difficult situation. So he said, let me do what I can do to bless these girls. And so he went way out of his way to bless them and encourage them, to give gifts. He took them out to nice dinners. They had fun days together at King's Dominion and, and amusement parks. And he had this great, fun family trip planned, this, this special, perfect Time for them to be away together, the four of them, him and his wife and the two daughters. Now, meanwhile, um, as he's planning this special trip, adolescent entitlement is rearing its ugly head. You know about adolescent entitlement? Um, so <laughs> the, uh, the girls are bickering with each other, and they're disrespecting their mom, and they're being very dismissive of their new stepdad, right? Like, just get out of our life. We don't even care about you. And I, I think my friend's heart was broken, right? Because he cared about these girls. And so now he's disappointed. And not only is disappointed, he's actually angry. And he thinks to himself, you know what? Just forget it. I'm not taking you on this special trip because you don't deserve it. Because you're not even treating me with just a, a basic level of respect. Why should I go out of my way? For you, why, why should I do this nice thing for you when you won't even treat me with basic kindness? And he thought to himself, "I'm just going to cancel the trip and save myself the headache." And he was about to cancel the trip, and then he thought about it, and then he prayed about it, and then he called me on the phone. He said, "Brad, I realize I'm not going to cancel the trip. I'm going to take him anyway. I'm going to take him anyway. And you know what? It's not because they deserve it, because they really don't, but..." It's because I love them. I love these girls. I care about them so much. And I made a commitment to love and support their mom and to bless them no matter what. I want to be a good stepdad to these girls and a good husband to their mother. And he said, Brad, maybe, maybe if I love them hard enough, they'll rise to the occasion. And so he took his wife and the girls on the trip anyway. And you know this incredible almost imperceptible thing happened. The girls began to realize the effect of their behavior on other people. And they began to realize how much their mom loves them and how much their new stepdad loves them. And to realize that although they had not chosen him, he chose them. He chose them to be an object of his love and affection and generosity and mercy. My friends, this is how Christmas works. You did not choose Jesus, but He chose you. He has chosen you to be the object of His love and affection and mercy. And on Christmas, it all comes pouring out. And the good news is, it doesn't matter how prepared or unprepared you are for tonight and whether you've still got cookies to bake or or presents to wrap. It doesn't matter because Christmas is happening. Christmas is happening. God's going to do it anyway. And it doesn't matter whether you are on the nice list or on the naughty list. And I know some of you are on the naughty list tonight, aren't you? Yeah, because you've sinned against God and against other people. But here's what I need you to understand. You are forgiven in Jesus Christ. And no thing that you have ever done or failed to do can stop God from accomplishing His saving purposes in the world. So do not worry. Do not worry, friends. Christmas is happening tonight. God's going to do it anyway. Say amen if you can. Amen.